That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome. I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast rewatching and dissecting Batman v Superman by the minute, one minute, by the minute at a time. <laughs> We've arrived at minute 88. I keep doing the math. I think this is the minute that takes us past the halfway point now. So, okay. Historic. It's all downhill from here. Uh, well, for some of the characters in the movie, anyway. <laughs> you ready for minute 88? I am ready for minute 88. You are going to be on the hot seat in there, Junebug. I grew up on a farm. I know how to wrestle a pig. Do you know the oldest lie in America, Senator? It's that power can be innocent. We get a nice reminder while all of this action is happening in the U.S. Capitol, feeling like massive political winds are changing. A historic moment for Superman... You know, in United States history, what better time to show that this is also happening in the same world where Martha Kent is now working as a waitress in a diner back in Kansas. And her sons, I guess she, she left saying, you know, do whatever you feel you want to or, or do none of it. And now she, along with the rest of the world, is finding out that he is going to, I, I was going to say face the music, but he's at least showing up. And the the one note I have is that she looks so scared for him. Yeah, well, and I think she's one of the only people that kind of has that expression, understandably, because he's he's her um, her baby boy, right? So she yep. has a, a a concern for well, because the the concern for her and and Jonathan was always what would happen when he revealed himself or like submitted himself to the world and this is kind of like the moment of truth for yeah i never wanted the world to have you right <laughs> i know that you were this is this is a, a cameo of interest to vero fans <laughs> yeah. in this diner as well as um people who are big fans of the kansas university jayhawks yeah that's uh sitting sitting at the bar right there is Eamon hariri who is the ceo of vero who i think i imagine probably anybody that's listening to this podcast knows knows what vero is and uses it <laughs> true but it's a social social networking platform that Snyder uses and is uh, Snyder Cut Central for like the yep. story of where all that stuff kind of came from. So super cool to have him in here. He's also joined by, if you couldn't cast an older Tom Welling to be in a Kansas <laughs> diner, the guy standing up behind him, who, whose name I could not find, uh, looks convincing enough for, for me to enjoy that moment. The one by the, with the vest by the door? Yes, exactly. Yeah. That looks like a, you know... Tom Welling Clark at 50, mm-hmm. at 45, at 50. That In my head canon now, um, that's the case. Um, I, I will say when Martha was looking at the TV, did you notice the three of clubs beneath it? I did, yeah. That's uh, um, Larry Fong's calling card. <laughs> yeah, we um, got that previously in the uh, in Wallace's, I think, wall monta- or mural. Yeah, although he is he's no longer the three of clubs. Um, he is now the... Um, he's officially inducted into a uh, a magic order that oh, wow. uh, assigned it. It's it's the the there's like 52 different cards assigned, and he's I think the seven of clubs now. Okay. Well, when they release the IMAX <laughs> version of this movie, they'll have to digitally doctor that into a seven. But yeah, we get we get a nice return to to Smallville to 
make it clear that, you know, even if it is just Washington to Kansas, you get the impression that people everywhere are watching. Everyone in the diner kind of stops and looks at the TV. And it's a nice reminder that Superman is famous, but he's also someone that people are not used to seeing. And the fact that everyone, you know, we get Superman is above the Capitol building. Everyone stops what they're doing. Everyone wants to see what's about to happen. And, and Martha is, you know, uh, fittingly like on an island of her own now knowing who that person actually is. I love the words of June's aide in in the hallway of the Capitol saying, he's here, he came. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just, I, I, I love that moment every time because who she's going to think who, right? Like, <laughs> um, he's here, he came, he's above the Capitol. Well, it's also interesting because this, I always forget this, this diner is in Smallville. I think maybe because the action is happening elsewhere to, to kind of flash back there real quick is, I, I don't always remember that up front, but everyone in here, this is a significant moment for all of them, more so than the rest of the world, because most of them probably know who who he is, right? That's the little boy that saved the school bus. Yeah, but yeah, after this this is really all we see of the of the diner in here, and then we go back to uh, we go back to the Capitol. Yeah, he's here. He came, and June has to get this show on the road. She's going to be on the hot seat, as Lex says. <laughs> And uh, we, we get she has wrestled a pig before. I know. Well, I know we, we were just commenting in the last minute about how she how much she deflated when he showed up because she just realized how involved, how caught up in his like web of schemes she was. And then when he showed up, she looked kind of like she'd seen a ghost and was and was um her she shrunk down and looked small. And the second they say Superman is here, she yeah. almost gets cocky about it like oh well no i now i'm on to you and superman's here so what are you gonna do about it oof <laughs> they cue the line more, more chilling than ever uh the oldest line in america is that power can be innocent i think it's one of the things i kind of like about this lex is despite all of his like kind of projections of power deep down inside he's just that guy that didn't get to get the entire joke out when he wanted to and then repeats it again until people hear it <laughs> Yeah, and we get uh, for for dramatic effect. You know, June goes into the into the hearing, and he just stares after her. Yeah, I don't think we need to dissect the line too much because I think it does inform Lex's whole argument, mm-hmm. like as the movie kind of develops. But it's interesting to think that at this point in the movie, you might not know who he's talking about, whose power he's talking about. He is about to make his grandest exercise of power yet. Right. Well, and I I also like how it it feels to me like his version, you know, because they've got these parallels of Bruce and Lex and and Clark kind of going back and forth. To me, that that sounds like his were criminals. We always we've always been criminals. Right. It's kind of self justifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Where he's like, no, power is not like the I am in. Like, this is my job because of this power. No, I'm not innocent, but I I have to or or I I get to or whatever. And this is his way of kind of hand waving, whereas he might be using it as to say Superman's not innocent, but neither am I. So therefore, like we're canceling each other out, or I don't know what he, you know, his his mind isn't exactly fully graspable. But yeah. that's kind of the the take that I get for it. It reminds me, um, it, it's a it's a quote from uh, well the Baron Acton who said everyone remembers the power you know power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely but the other part of his quote was that great men are almost always bad men. The price of becoming great is one that most people would not be willing to pay because it would mean sacrificing. The inverse of that is if you are a good man. 
it's almost impossible to become a great one. Yeah. We're in the realm of politics, and I think that what Lex is saying there is synonymous with that. Not that it's the oldest lie, but the oldest lie in America. Um, (laughs) It's set against the backdrop of Washington, D.C., is that anyone here claiming to be powerful doesn't have blood on their hands. It's it's an interesting thing to to think, knowing that we know about Lex and having those conversations that we did about his father and um, the kind of half-truths. Yeah, well, and just going back to the a couple minutes ago, talking about um, when Swanwick and Lois met, and all the, the the significance of all the different monuments that you could just see from that single spot of the the men of with power who were all flawed and by necessity maybe had to make um, you know even if you use it correctly or even if you use it benevolently or whatever, your decisions are inherently deciding who lives and dies. Yeah. In a way. And so even, it doesn't mean you have to be guilty, but it definitely doesn't mean you're innocent. Yeah. Lord Acton would have probably had some interesting thoughts on Superman, like being the most, <laughs> the most powerful person and also expected to be the most innocent. But I mean, if it's, if it's what we're talking about here, right? Who, who is to blame? Like who is culpable and, and all of that is I think pretty rich. Unfortunately, as Superman comes to the Capitol to meet his fate, we are also building to Kahina Ziri coming to a different capital to meet hers in the train station as she takes her spot, I guess her final stand, inches from the train platform. I don't think she realizes she's staring at a massive image of the Capitol building, but we see it. Yeah, and that's... She's literally standing in front of it when she dies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I couldn't tell you if if I had noticed it or not before, but that's the nature of of segmenting this out into, into minutes and the fact that like when this happens structurally is so ominous yeah. and, it, and it's such an ominous image of the Capitol. I think I know it's, I'm, uh, I'm assuming everybody watched the minute and can pull it up or whatever and, and go and go look. Cause it's hard, hard to even describe, but it's just this, it almost doesn't look like the type of thing you would see in like a, an ad of like no. that. It's so it's dark and cloudy and maybe it's even smoky. You can't tell because it's, it's, it's obscured, but it's definitely the capital and it's definitely ominous. Maybe w- I wouldn't think twice about it if it was anywhere else, but given what's happening right now in the movie, but also right now in the scene in this moment is uh, very foreboding. <laughs> yeah. We see KGB closing in behind her again, averting his face so that she doesn't recognize him. And then as much as we would like the minute to be punctuated, it's punctuated it's, differently. Yeah, exactly. I, I I feel kind of like I'm let down because I'm the one that's, that's always <laughs> like gets so excited geeking out about like the, the ending right then. And I don't know, like, man, just trim two seconds somewhere and this is going to, and it would punctuate perfectly, but <laughs> But it ends like it ends with her looking at the the train coming, and then like the moment of kind of a weird twinge in her stomach mm-hmm. as she realizes that there's someone behind her. Yeah, that's when the minute ends, and we don't even get the turn, so we're just left to wonder, yeah. like, oh god, that's true. Well, and it does give us another minute yes. um, of Kahina, and so uh, you know it's not depriving us of of an additional time to talk about her. So that's that's a positive. That's especially after how you treated her last week. <laughs> Kahina lives another minute. Yeah, I feel like we owe her one. Yeah, her. Hey, she got better than Jimmy Olsen. It's not like this minute ends on her being grabbed, and we then gonna, we're like, oh, maybe she'll make it. We're we gonna have a running joke for for Kahina now at the end of no, her minute. No. Just be like, and our condolences to Kahina. She's a good woman. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen knew what he was doing. That will do it for minute eighty-eight. 
thanks everybody for for listening once again to this uh, suspenseful minute. Uh, if you would like to support the show, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Snyder Minute. Anyone in our bonus content tier can listen to our full interview with Rich Citrone right now. You can also follow us on Twitter to give us your reactions to Kahina dying in front of a, another Capitol building uh, metaphorically at BVS by the minute or on Facebook. Um, and if you would like to leave us a review on iTunes, please do that. Horse talk encouraged. And you can also listen to every episode of this show and our partner show for right now, the only one, hint, hint, Justice League by the minute by visiting SnyderMinute.com. I believe the uh, idea I had before is to to reframe our Patreon as a few dollars a month being Kahina Ziri, and you get the honor of being Anatoly Kanaizev on the first of every month, grabbing hold of Kahina. <laughs> uh, we talked about this. You weren't going to do any more Kahina jokes. <laughs> no, I went, no, just, just take your money and just throw it to us, the podcast. Just throw it violently to us. Um, and, you know, let us just keep the train... Jimmy Olsen, photographer. You! Come on, no, no! No! It's okay, Lois. <laughs>